Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Inside the Pots, the PGROs podcast, where we talk everything peas and beans. I'm Matt Webster and today we will be talking about the PGROs Field Crop Open Day, which was held in Lincolnshire in late June, where the PGRO showed off all the various trials they were holding for their descriptive list with various different pulse crops ranging from field beans, combining peas and lentils. We start today's episode speaking with Dr. Becky Howards, the PGRO's Research and Development Manager. She will talk us through trap cropping, what that is, and why the PGRO is looking into it. We are really looking at trying to manage beetle pests of beans, particularly using different techniques, so not using chemical pesticides, um, looking at reducing the amount of pesticide use um, or, or eliminating it if possible. And the work is looking at using trap crops. So this is where we, we have a, an additional part of the field sort of dedicated to either an alternative host, such as lucernal vetch, which you can see in this trial behind me, or um, a, a winter bean crop, for instance, sown earlier than the main crop, or an early sown spring bean. Um, so the work we've been doing has been looking at using vetches and lucernes in blocks on the edge of a field um, to act as a trap area. Um, we've also included the use of pheromone lures and plant volatile lures for pea and bean weevil and brookie beetle to help draw those more into that trap crop area as well um, and keep them in there so that they're not affecting the main crop. And trap cropping is quite a traditional method of um, managing pests in crops um, and as we move sort of forward into more sustainable use of pesticides um, these types of techniques become much more important so the work that we've been doing over the last three years has shown is starting to show some really interesting results that um, these crops can help reduce the effect of these pests in, in beans and actually also um, increase the number of beneficials in crops which again obviously has a, as an added value for pest management. So we'll be completing this project at the end of 2023 um, and all of the results from all three years will be available in, in early 2024. Another trial that was on show at the Open Day was the PGRO's research into the viability of lentil growth in the UK. Shona Duffy talks us through this. We've been looking at lentils for a couple of years now and the hope is that we're going to have um, a new crop for you all which is going to really take off in the UK. We're looking at lots of different varieties. We've got um, three types of lentils in here, red lentils, brown lentils and green lentils. Um, and we can see there's lots of different uh, variations in terms of maturity, in terms of the yield. So we're looking at all these different aspects and, and just trying to get a bit more of a handle on them and what kind of crop this is going to make uh, for the UK for the future. Uh, also, as well, we have different nutrient uh, package uh, things that we're looking at. We also have uh, fungicides that we're looking at as well under experimental license. And we're just trying to get the full picture as what um, this crop can look like uh, for the future. So how have the PGRO actually trialled these lentils? Shona takes us into more detail and walks us through the process. This trial has not received any nitrogen. So it's a fairly low input crop at this point. We have put um, a herbicide on just to see how it would respond and it hasn't actually managed to kill any of the varieties that are here. 
Um, it does seem to make its own rhizobium. We haven't put a rhizobium treatment on this at all. We have done in another trial, um, but we haven't really seen any benefit from doing so. So at this point, all we've really done is put a herbicide on. Um, we will be looking at the fungicide regime in a bit more detail um, as, the, as the crop progresses. Um, the crop normally matures around uh, about the middle of August onwards, depending on the year. Last year, with it being so hot, um, we actually um, it matured at the beginning of August, which was very early, really, for lentils. Um, it's more of a continental crop, really, but a lot of these varieties have been specially selected for a maritime climate. So, with any luck, we'll have something really interesting to show you in a few years' time. Finally, we take a look at PGRO's intercropping trials that were also on show. PGRO's Principal Technical Officer, Stephen Belcher, talks us through what intercropping is. The definition of intercropping uh, varies from, from people to people, but the one I like to use is what Andy Howard uses, and that's the growing of two or more different species in the same time and the same place, i.e. the same plot, the same field at the same time. We've been doing intercrop trials now for about six years and it all started, um, I'll say about six years ago, talking to a farmer called Andy Howard. And Andy Howard has done his Nuffield scholarship in intercropping. And we had some conversations with Andy as to see how we could help him with his uh, trials work that he's been conducting on intercropping and indeed some of the trials work that we could do ourselves. And things have gone on from there, from doing trials both in uh, commercial uh, strip trial trials with, with Andy and also our own small plot trials as well. I have to say when I first started doing this I was a real skeptic about uh, intercropping and whether it would work but actually you know it does work. Um, we've been mostly doing work with beans and oats uh, and peas and oats but also we've been doing work with um, peas and beans as an intercrop together, which doesn't sound as though it would work, but actually it does and it works really well. But what is intercropping all about? Why should we consider intercropping? Here's what Stephen had to say. And of course, intercropping is therefore all about land use efficiency. And we often measure this using a, a, a term called land equivalent ratio or an LER. And that basically tells you how efficient your use of the land. So basically you're growing two different crops in the same space of land. So you're using half the amount of land to get the same production. Where from an LER point of view, it equals to one. That means there is no benefit to the intercropping. Less than one, that means there's a negative effect. And of course, greater than one means there is a, a significant benefit. And we've had LER ratios within our trials of anything up to uh, or around about 1.2 which is a 20% increase in land use efficiency. PGRO looks at intercropping in a slightly different way to most. Most people look at intercropping in, in terms of how can the pulse crop i.e. the peas or beans benefit the, the cereal crop for example. PGRO kind of look at it from, from a different point of view and it's to how the intercrop can benefit the pulse crop. So in the case of peas, we decided to look at um, oats and, and we chose oats because it, it retains the cereal break. So oats from the point of view of keeping peas standing. And over the years that we found, found it does keep um, peas standing, not necessarily fully, 
but it also adds to the bulk and volume of uh, material to harvest and does aid with the harvesting process. In the case of beans, this was something that Andy Howard was, was looking at and we, we followed up on that and it does help with um, uh, disease reduction because you introduce a barrier that, that can stop the um, disease moving around within the crop. Looking more into the specifics, Stephen talked us through how the PGRO were trialling intercropping with various crops. Um, we've kept all our, our pulse crops at their usual um, typical target populations, so peas at around 70 plants per square metre and beans around 50 plants per square metre. But we've added to that various ratios of, for example, oats. And at the moment we're finding a ratio, a, a numbers of plants per square metre of oats to be around about 70 plants per square metre with peas work, works well. It, and in case of beans, around about 80 plants per square metre. The important thing is you don't have too many oats within, within the intercrop. Oats can grow very vigorously and they can all quickly out, um, swamp out the peas or beans within the intercrop. One of the things with intercropping is finding compatible crop protection products that are suitable for both and indeed it is difficult to find those. So most of the trials work that we've done has been um, without any crop inputs. Now that's not because we wanted to grow them organically, it's just to see what happens if you don't put a herbicide on for example and what, what is the, the weed control issues. Intercropping does help reduce weed numbers down. Um, as it does insect numbers, we found that and we've also found disease reductions as well. One of the mixtures that we've been looking at trying is both peas and beans together. At 70 plants per square metre of peas and 50 plants per square metre of beans. Now, what that means is the crop protection products uh, for both peas and beans are very similar. So if you're growing non-organically or you're growing with reduced inputs, at least you have crop protection pro products that you can um, put onto each of those. While intercropping does sound very promising, it isn't perfect. Stephen tells us of the possible issues that could come with intercropping. Of course, at the end of the day, um, separation is an issue. So if you're trying to separate peas or beans from oats, that's relatively simple. But if you're to try and separate um, peas and beans, that, that becomes a lot more difficult. It's very easy to get a, a very rough and a crude um, separation initially, but trying to get a fine extraction becomes a bit more difficult. Of course, that's if you need to separate them, and if you're using on farm as a straight feed, then you can use peas and beans together, and you can use peas or beans and oats together as well. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us, and to find out more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please go to the PGRO's website, pgro.org.